What is up, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texans All Access, a Victory Monday edition. So what does that mean for you? Well, coming from me, your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, it's to give you gifts. And that's just because it comes from our sponsors. But I like to give you gifts. So how about this? If you win, Mattress Firm has got 40% off a Texas mattress line. Palais Royal, PapaJohns.com, Firehouse Subs, which my son and I took uh, advantage of last time. Scored two touchdowns, so that's free Monster Taco. And because Deshaun hooked up with DeAndre, you've got Carnival Cruise Line giving you a cruise. Yeah, a cruise! That won't quite be the choose fun moment of the week. I got one, uh, maybe not say better. But I'll have a different one later on. But, man, all kinds of things because the Texans win right there for you. So we will take a look back and see what the Texans were able to do yesterday against the Jaguars. It was a fun afternoon, and I had the opportunity to catch up with a couple of the key particulars after the game. I'll start with Devion Clowney. Now, this story, there's a little story that goes with this interview. Now, I would have chosen J.D. after the game regardless because when you look at the stat line and how dominant he was yesterday, seven tackles, I believe it was seven tackles. That's I think that's the number that I have. Seven tackles, he had two sacks, and big ones too. Two of them on Cody Kessler, two for 14 yards. He had two tackles for a loss. He had four quarterback hits, and he came up with that fumble recovery. Now, that stat line is pretty Pretty darn good, to say the least, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I would have wanted to talk to him. But there were other candidates, too. Whitney Merciless, four tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss, quarterback hit, two forced fumbles. He forced the fumble that Jadeveon Clowney got on on the first drive of the game when Bortles scrambled out. Witt pop, popped it away, just poked at it. Ball just bounding on the ground. And Clowney's like, oh, the rock, let me go get it. So Clowney picked up. So I would have I would have Whitney would have been a good one. I wouldn't mind talking to Deshaun, although we'll have some opportunity, I would think, to talk to Deshaun. You know, his numbers weren't fantastic, but when you think about how this game will be remembered, Deshaun on the bus, that's what you're gonna remember this. Oh yeah. This is the when you think back, Jacksonville, 2018. Oh, yeah, that's Deshaun on the bus game. Yeah. That's the way this one will be remembered. And Deshaun was not I mean, he's put up much better numbers. 12 for 24, 139, one touchdown. But no picks and only sacked once. And that sack came with 11 minutes left to go in the first quarter. So the Jags didn't get another sack for 45 plus for 56 minutes. That's how good the offensive line was. So I could have picked a couple offensive linemen too. But I picked Jadeveon Clowney in large part because J.D. called his shot. And what do I mean by that? Well, last week when we played Buffalo, I was in the locker room, and I talked to J. Joe, and the locker room was, was pretty hyped up, as, as it should have been. I was walking by, and I shake hands you know, with the guys, you know, congratulate him, give him five, dap him up, whatever. And I get to Clowney, he goes, hey, I'm going to be talking to you next week. I'll be seeing you next week. Because, first of all, the, a lot of the guys will only talk if, if we win, which I, I don't I, – I, that's reasonable. I get that. And J.D. has talked to me after some really big games. He talked to me after the 2016 Colts game when he was fantastic. Last year against Arizona, he was tremendous in a game against the Cardinals on Andre Johnson Day. And so he just looked at me and said, I'll be seeing you. So when he starts to have this ball game and I'm seeing him like, 
And that's a fumble recovery. Well, there's a couple of tackles for no gain. There's a tackle for a loss. Oh, there's a oh, there's another side. I said to Nathan, I said Nathan, I'd like our our uh, you know our PR guy. Nathan's awesome, and so I said Nathan, I want Clowney, and he goes, uh, okay, let me let me see, and so. I gave him a couple backups. I said, look, if that doesn't work, we'll go with these. He came back and said, no, 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 Clowney. All right, cool. So I had a chance to catch up with Devion Clowney after just an absolutely outstanding football game on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Down in the victorious locker room with Devion Clowney, who, by the way, called a shot. Because last week, I saw you after the game. What did you say to me? I'll be talking to you next week. You'll want to talk to me. <laughs> and I did want to talk to you. A couple of sacks, a big momentum turner right there at the end on Kessler. How big was that one? Oh, very big, man. Uh, came ahead of total defense today. Everybody brought their game. Everybody played to the last echo of the whistle, man, and uh, got the win today. How big is this win? Start 0-3. This is four in a row. Texas at top first place. How big is this one? Oh, very big, man. Everybody counted us out, man. It was people that didn't believe in us, but everybody in this locker room kept locked in, stayed locked in, and kept believing. And we knew what we had. We just kept working, going to work every day. And the day we came back, and now we number one in the division. That's all we were fighting for. You obviously move all over the formation. Was there anything that you were able to see from where you were coming, different angles? Was there any place where you're like, I- I- I'm coming from here, I'm coming from here? Just kind of mixing you up all day long. Do you feel like that was key to your success today? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Not keeping me in one spot. That was part of our plan this week, uh, moving me around, uh, getting me off the ball, penetrating, making, causing havoc in the backfield, and it worked out today. Hats off to the defense coordinator, Romeo, coming up with the game plan and the rest of them guys. And we executed today. How big were those turnovers early to get the fumble early to get points right after that? How big were they to get the turnovers when he scrambles, you guys force the fumbles? Oh, man, turnovers big in this league. Anytime you can force turnovers, it's hard to uh, uh, beat teams that don't turn the ball over and take care of the ball. But when you come out and force turnovers and put your uh, offense in good field position to pick points up, it's always a positive and lead to wins. There's a lot of talk about Jacksonville's defense mm-hmm. and how good it is. Did you guys hear that throughout the week and want to prove something today, or you just go out there and do your game? Uh, it was always competitive. It was always going to be competitive week in and week out. Uh, we knew they had a good defense. We knew it was going to be a defensive game. Uh, we just said we're going to try to outperform them today before they uh, outperform us, and we came out and did that today. Okay, last one. 2-9 being back today. Oh, I love it. How awesome was that? It was very awesome, man. That guy, one of the hardest workers on this team, if not the hardest, I love him. He's been here since I've been here. Uh, I mean, I can't say much nothing much about Dre. I mean, he's an excellent guy, role model uh, for guys to follow. He's just a good dude. He is a good dude. He's a good football player. You, sure. my friend, are a big-time football dude. Thank you, J.D. Thank you, man. Have a good day. He is the absolute best, man. That guy is just hes too much. He's so good on the field. He's good off the field. Uh, he's he's just a fu- he's just a fun guy. I think that's what people missed the first couple of years he was here. When he was injured, you didn't get to see that personality. But then he started playing really well in sixteen. It took it to another level in seventeen. And I think in twenty eighteen, there have been the game against the Colts, the game yesterday. There have been games where where JD has been just a, a shop wrecker. And you know what? I, I noticed this, and I thought about this on the flight on the way home. I was writing my observations on the flight, and I was thinking about the various things about this about this particular game. And I picked up my game book, and I looked, and I, and I see, you know, J.J. didn't have the, the, the statistical game that we've seen from him. He had one tackle, but he had a quarterback hit. He had a pass defense. And the thing about it was J.J. was getting a lot. He was getting some help. He was getting some chips and and some things. And so what that did was open things up for JD. 
and that opened some things up for Witt. And when J.D. went off the field to get uh, get a rest, then Witt got on the field, and he just went right around Josh Walker and got a sack and a strip fumble. So it's it's kind of like we've always talked about with the three of them, with Watt, Clowney, and Merciless. Like, man, if they could get together and the jam band could just get going, man, this would be really fun to watch. And, and we're starting we're starting to get – to that point, because you think about combined, they had 12 tackles, they had three sacks, they had four tackles for a loss, they had four, five, six quarterback hits, they did not have an interception, they had one pass defense, they had two forced fumbles, and they had a fumble recovery amongst the three of them. This is sort of what we, not sort of, this is what we had talked about for so long, that if the three of them can can work in concert with one another. Because here's the thing. When you're talking about guys at, at, of that caliber, know how, how good they are. Every so often, they're, they're, they're not going to be in that zone, if you will. There are days where you know JD's got it, JJ not so much, and Witt's got it, and, or JJ's got it. And they kind of, not saying that they don't all have it at the same time, but because they can sort of play off one another like that, it's been, think about it, the Giants game, it was JJ. Then you go to Indianapolis, and it was both JJ and Clowney. And then against Dallas, it was you know JJ and Clowney. And then yesterday, it was Whitney and Clowney. Um, and it's been kind of all all three of them throughout the year, uh, especially from that Giants game when you really saw the impact of Watt in that game against the Giants. And that's really where it's kind of ramped up since then. And look against Indianapolis, you know they got tired in the second half, and they just got gassed. And Andrew was just he was zipping all over the yard. But the defense from that point forward, the next night uh, after Indianapolis was Dallas held them under 300 yards. Buffalo held them under 230, I think. Uh, the other day against yesterday against Jacksonville held them to 259, I think it was. Yeah, 259. You just don't hold teams to under 300 yards in the NFL anymore, and the Texans have done that in three straight weeks, and a large part of that is because of Clowney, Watt, Merciless, the guys up front. I'll give you one other guy to watch. I'll give you one other guy to watch. And I told you during during training camp, I made a bold statement, and I had – I mean, Mark looked at me like, are you crazy? I said, keep an eye on Zach Cunningham this year being one of the top five Texans on the team. Not just on defense, on the team. Zach Cunningham led the team in tackles yesterday with 10. He forced a fumble that, that sent Bortles out of the game and put the Texans in position to go score a touchdown, which they did to give him a 20 to nothing lead. He covers backs out of the backfield. He tracks down wide receivers when they're running routes to the sideline. He can fly. Zach Cunningham is a game changer for this defense in the middle. So keep an eye on that guy. But either way, hopefully one of these games I'll get a chance to catch up with Zach. Maybe it'll be this week against the Miami Dolphins, but Zach Cunningham has played his you-know-what off. He has been a he's been a terror out on the field. He and B-Mac on the inside. And what I love about it is he and B-Mac can stay on the field for all three downs. Whitney can stay on the field for all three downs. J.J. can be on the field for all three downs. Clowney on the field for all three downs. And then on nickel and, uh, on dime situations, you just figure out, okay, here comes Edgefor, and then you line up with Zach, BMAC, Edgefor, Wit on the inside. Those four, and Clowney and Merciless on the outside. And then dudes are looping, stunting. Going, I mean, Romeo Cornell had a game plan yesterday, and it was just absolutely awesome to watch. 
awesome to watch. You never knew who was coming from the inside. The guards and centers for the Jaguars were like, whoa. They're, I mean, they're looping and stunting, twisting and dropping. It was really, really fun to watch. Really fun. Now, I also had a chance after I finished up with JD, I walked down the hallway. I got a chance to catch up with Bill O'Brien and talk about this win over the Jaguars. Coach, from 0-3 to 4-3, how's that one feel today? Feels good. I feel good for the players. Uh, these guys have worked hard to get into the position that they're in, and now you know the key is can we keep it going? You know That's the key. Can we keep it going? Because it's only week seven, so we have to really try to stay on track. Coach, talk about staying on track. One of the things that you always talk about, you get two and three yards early on. Those are going to turn into five and six yards, seven, eight yards down the road if you continue to run the ball. You did that today, 141 yards on the ground. What does that say about the O-line, the running backs today? They did a good job. I mean, I think you're right. You know, when you're pounding it early in the game in these games, it's hard to gain yards, and sometimes those become, if you stick with it, four- and five-yard gains in the second half, and that's what kind of happened today. So they did a real nice job. Kind of goes without saying how valuable those turnovers were, but to get one early in the game and then turn it into points, how valuable was that? Yeah, it's big. I thought I thought this was probably our best game of complimentary football. We we were able to, you know, take our defense's turnovers and, and uh, turn them into points, and that's big. You didn't throw the ball exceptionally well. You've piled up more yardage in other games, but you came up with key throws, it felt like, all day long from Deshaun to your receivers. Yeah, they did a good job. I mean, they that's a very difficult secondary to go against. They got a great, great secondary, and, you know, they don't give us an inch, and, uh, you know, those guys made some big plays for us, and it was it was, it was was really good to see that. Coach, last one, 2-9 being back on the field, Dre Howe being out yeah. there today. How yeah. awesome was that? That was huge. I mean, you know, we announced that in the, uh, in the uh, team meeting last night that he would be on the 46, and uh, that was great. He did. He it's just, you know, I mean, this guy's coming back from cancer. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, that's been done twice here, you know, with Quiz and now with Dre House. So it was great. Coach, congratulations. Thank you. Yep, thanks. One thing Coach said there that really sort of resonates and sticks with me is it is only week seven. And, look, we were saying that after week three. Look, it's only week three, and the team has not gotten in a – they've not gone in a winning direction at that point. But all of a sudden they won four in a row. It's like, whoa, four and three, everybody's feeling really good. But, yeah, it's week seven. It's time to continue that and, and obviously really not that much time to get ready for the Miami Dolphins. And maybe that's a good thing at this point. Maybe. I, you know, we'll find out on Thursday night. But the Texans have got to show up and play against Brock Osweiler. We'll talk about that throughout the rest of the I guess there isn't much left in the week. So we'll talk about it a little bit maybe at the end of the show and obviously on Wednesday night as sort of a Texans all-access pregame show as we'll preview the matchup with the Miami Dolphins. But Coach is right. Only through seven weeks. This thing is still a marathon. You're not even halfway through. You'll be halfway through your games played next week, and then what? Or this week, sorry. When you play on Thursday night. Now, here's the weird thing: three games in twelve days, starting with Buffalo. So Buffalo Sunday, Jacksonville Sunday, Miami Monday or Thursday. That's three games in twelve days. Texas two zero thus far. When that Miami game is done, the Texans play one time in twenty four days. And that's when they've got to get this team completely healthy to make a run through the last seven games of the year. Because if they can, if they can take care of business at home to get to five and three, then they've got Denver on the road. Can you imagine this team being six and three going into the bye and getting guys healthy for the last seven games of the year? My goodness. Boy, that would be fun. So, Coach, got a great point there. We keep it just one week at a time. This one's a shorter week, and the team obviously is dealing with that. They were out of practice just a little while ago, so I got a chance to see them, and they didn't really do anything. And they're probably not going to do anything. Coming off a divisional battle, but 
I feel like coming out of that game, yeah, I don't think Kiki QT is going to play. Not sure about Ryan Griffin just yet, but and not sure about Zach Fulton, but relatively speaking, in a division game against that kind of team and that team in particular, last year that injury report injury report had 21 guys on it, and most of them in the DNP or the limited category last year. Don't know what it'll say today, but. Interesting, nonetheless, that the Texans will be going into this one probably a little bit healthier than they did Cincinnati's Thursday night game last year. All right, we get back. We'll talk to our buddy Andre Ware right here on Texans All Access. Attention all Houston area teachers. Do you want to bring a little Texans football to your classroom? Then sign up for Toro's Math Drills presented by Phillips. Toro's Math Drills is a video series designed to help third and fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more. I'll give you some math, guys. 27, 20 is greater than 7. Remember, the gator eats the larger number. See, that's a little less than greater than. I don't know. Do you learn that in third and fourth grade? I would imagine you do. Maybe you learn it earlier. I don't know. So I just gave you some of Toro's math drills. How about that? 20 is greater than 7, and that's what your Texans did yesterday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A little math for you. Just dropping a little math knowledge on you on this show. Here's another one. I'll give you some math. Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of the Houston Texans, will give you 40% off their Texans mattress line for two days because the Texans beat the Jaguars. Two days. So 40%... Of X equals Y. X what it costs, Y what you're going to pay. Actually, it's 40% times X. X minus .4X equals Y. That's what you would pay. That's a little. That's beyond third and fourth grade math. But Toro, take a note. Put that in your math drills for next year. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. Had an awesome day in Jacksonville. Actually, had an awesome weekend. Had a chance to catch up with a few of my former players, some really good friends of mine, and uh, one of their spouses who just got married like in the last four or five months. It was great to catch up with them and see just what happens. It's so. I mean, a lot of players that I coach, they go on to college, and I haven't had a chance to see them over the years, but these guys I've stayed in contact with and so proud of them, and that's really what coaching is is really about, and it's been really cool to uh, check them out. So Jacksonville always is kind of a mini homecoming for me in some sense, but, man, i tell you what, I want to walk out of there with a W, man. I want to walk out of a W so bad, especially against that team, talk a lot of trash, big bad bully, and then you hit the bully in the mouth, and what they do? Just whimper all the way home. It was kind of nice to do that. All right, a guy that doesn't whimper is our good friend Andre Ware. And we caught up with him and got his thoughts about Sunday's win and where he'll be next week for college football. So here we go, four-game winning streak, and who would have thunk it after starting out 0-3? Your thoughts on the situation? Well, Coach Part, he told me a long time ago that, you know, when I was playing at, at the University of Houston, that seasons are made on winning streaks. And you start to string – games together and all of a sudden you you just check it at the end how many of you won in a row if you lose you just start a new winning streak and, and let's see where we are and that seems to be what this team's done you know, we it started slow put four weeks together and uh and all of a sudden you look up and you're you're leading the division but there's still a lot of work ahead Dre, 139 yards for Deshaun but as Marcus said many times that really doesn't tell the story to a degree, literally and figuratively, he gets on a bus and he drives down I-10 to the game. Now, he didn't drive. He had someone drive him. But still, 
What does this say about the guy that Texas have at quarterback? He's willing to do those kind of things for this team. I don't know what it says because he could have stopped in New Orleans and picked me up, and I'd have been glad to ride the rest of the way with him, <laughs> other than the travel I had to get there. But uh, no, in all seriousness, it uh, it shows me some toughness. It shows me grit. It shows me that he's willing to do any and everything uh, it takes to to not only be a part of this, but to make sure that he keeps his team in a position to win. And, uh, you know, that's all you ask for in a quarterback. He is he is tough as nails. I, I've had something similar to what he's going through. I'm not sure uh, it, it's identical, but when I had that type of injury, it, it I've told you guys before, it hurts to smile. It certainly hurts to laugh. But uh, to get in an NFL game where guys are coming at you week in, week out, and this will be, you know, this, this won't be a – one two week kind of deal. This may be the rest of the remainder of the season because every time you get touched there, it's almost like the injury starting over. So there's going to always be some soreness and, and things of that sort. Wow, Dre, what about the ability to run the ball yesterday? That was huge. Yeah, we said going in that uh, whoever really established the running game against the other that's a that was one of the weak spots of Jacksonville's defense. They get so enamored with uh with getting up the field and getting after the quarterback that they sometimes forget that uh other teams are going to run the football and that's where they struggled that's kind of been their sore spot this year and when uh the Texans were able to do that early and often I knew there'd be a, a pretty good deal of success uh in the ball game. Dre, we, I asked Mark a little while ago, were you surprised the Jags went to Kessler yesterday, especially when they did early in the third quarter? Were you surprised at all? Not at all. I mean, you start turning the ball over, and uh, and the offense is sputtering already, and it has been for a couple of weeks that uh, it didn't surprise me. Now, what I think, Johnny, what will surprise me is if they don't stick with Kessler after yeah. the way he played yesterday. He gave him a chance to win. He started – it just about got him back in the game, and then all, he had a – a pass ricochet off a receiver and an interception. But um, when you look at how he played with a lack of a running game, he goes through progressions and reads. Bortles almost seems to have taken a step back where he's locking on receivers, throwing there no matter what. The fundamentals have come, you know, have broken down again where all of a sudden he's got that big elongated release where he, as a defensive back you love playing against a guy like that. So Kessler gives him a chance, and he's gritty. Um, he, he was getting ready to dial one up yesterday, but the pressure got to him uh, as he was trying to go deep. But uh, he, he showed me a few things yesterday as to why Hugh Jackson liked him coming out of the draft a couple of years ago. Well, you mentioned pressure, and the Texans got some yesterday. What about that front seven, front five, if you will, when you look at what Watt and Clowney and Whitney Merciless yesterday having a nice game? Yeah, that's that's kind of, I think, guys, what we've been waiting to see is that, you know, the three of those guys getting after it, when you can stop the run, uh, then that allows you to uh, to kind of pin your ears back a little bit and have some fun, and that's exactly what, what they were able to do. I don't know what, uh, what Genevieve Clowney's, you know, how he's changed his diet or what he's eaten the last few weeks, but uh, somebody needs to back a truck up and, and give him more of it because – 
he is playing some outstanding football. When you start to be, you know, get to that stage and you're that dominant, it's contagious. And, and all of a sudden guys start to, to feed from it. It, it. it not only helps the defense, but the offense feeds from it. Special teams feed from it. And yesterday I thought they played, in my opinion, for the 2018 season, their most complete game across the board where all three phases of the game really contributed to the win. Dre, I don't know if we talked about this, the offensive line yesterday. We did talk about it during the break. What's the best way to defeat a bullet? You go punch him right in the mouth. And that offensive line yeah. yesterday, even without Zach Fulton, that offensive line was really able to get movement, ran the ball. And I, I mentioned the, st- the stat line for the game yesterday. One sack, which they had with 11 minutes left in the first quarter. So no sacks from 11 minutes left in the game in the first quarter through the rest of the game for that offensive line. And that's with still two tackles that haven't played a lot of football with Lamb and Davenport and then with Greg Mance in at guard. What do you think of the overall big fellas yesterday doing what they did? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they, they played an outstanding game yesterday. When you when you look at it, you mentioned Zach being out of yesterday's ball game, And then there's kind of a pride factor that takes over. You kind of get sick of having your butt chewed out in meetings for busted assignments and things of that sort. And then you see your quarterback – back there fighting and scratching each and every week. And and all of a sudden it's like, hey, this is on us. We've got to up our play because we've got a good one back there. Let's take care of them. And they were able to do that along with it. I think uh, uh, the best way to get an offensive line kind of settled into a game is to run the football where they can just fire off and go get guys, and that's what they love to do. And when you're able to do that early in a football game, uh, the pass protection is a little bit easier because now guys aren't just flying up the field from the defensive line's position to get sacks because they've got to respect the run. That makes it a little bit easier to pass protect. All right, Thursday night game. So it's game week Thursday already, John. I hate this, by the way. I'm on, I'm just on, I'm on the record. I can't stand it. We talk about player safety, and this is the most ridiculous thing. I know it's not going anywhere. I also think when you look at it across the board, people say, oh, the NFL numbers are down. Well, you're oversaturating this thing. You know, you get tired of it. Too much of something is, uh, you know, you, you don't want too much of something. And I think well, that's what's happening. It's like you're playing every week, but it's here to stay. So we got to deal with it. But they, don't tell me, don't talk to me about player safety when you got to turn right around and play, what, four days later. Well, actually, the numbers are up this year, and Fox paid $3 billion for Thursday Night Football. Oh, that's a lot of money. Because people mm-hmm. do watch mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, Man, so you're saying that if I win Powerball or whatever it is, Mega Millions, I could have almost gotten the Thursday Night you know, Package you for could, me? You, it could have been all yeah. about me? You could put it on the John Harris Twitter account. John Harris presents Thursday Night Football <laughs> on his Twitter feed uh, if you win the lottery. The advertisements we would have had would have been awesome. Yeah. They would have been fantastic. They would have been yeah. great. You go to your local sub shop. I don't know if that's going to fund the the three billion. Anyway, Dre, uh, you got Thursday night football here. You got the Dolphins, and right. Frank Gore is playing for them. But Kenyon Drake's playing pretty well for them as well. They're going to try to run the ball. This is no secret. But the Texans have been doing pretty well against the run lately. Yeah, I mean, when you you look at how they're built, they they've got a nice complement in the in the two backs that they have. Drake is an excellent receiver out of the backfield. He's put on some size since uh, his days at Alabama, but I don't think he's lost a step of speed. So he's the speed, the more shifty uh, back that can hit the home run for you. And Frank Gore, just nobody's signing up 
to tackle that guy in the hole one-on-one because because you feel it. He runs with a low center of gravity, and even at this stage in his career, he still packs a punch. He runs with power. So it, that's exactly what they want to do. Though Brock has played some pretty good football the last couple of weeks. I think it's, he's thrown five touchdown passes in the last two weeks. And I think that's because he's finally back with a head coach and Adam Gase, who he had at Denver when he had most of his success. Sometimes that's all it takes is the right system, the right coach, a guy that knows how to push the buttons with a player, and it just makes sense for that player, and therefore you get the best out of him. I think that's the, that's the case with, uh, with Brock and Adam Gase down at Miami this year. Dre, what did you think of the Cowboys playing for a field goal at the end of that one yesterday? Uh, you know how I feel about that one, Johnny. I'm, I'm never putting a game on a, on a kicker, man. I mean, you know, love the ones I played with and respect the hell out of them, but uh, if I can go win a game, I'm going to punch it in the end zone and we're going to go win the game. Forget overtime. And uh, when you look at it, there's there's been two critical mistakes in the Cowboys season. One, when they came to NRG Stadium, uh, I thought that was a huge mistake, punting it on fourth and one. And then yesterday, playing for a field goal as opposed to trying to get in the end zone, especially with a timeout uh, at the at the very end of the game. So uh, I, I'm not about playing for overtime, and I'm certainly not about putting the game on a kicker's shoulders. It was a bad call, but uh, in terms of the uh, the false start on the on the long snapper, but. That's how the cookie crumbles sometimes, and there's nothing you can do about it. But you could have kept yourself out of that position if you just tried to score or maybe even even scored by trying. What about Vrabel going for two in London against the Chargers? That's another one uh, where I, I kick the extra point and take my chance. The only only thing about that is is if you have a bunch of injuries that have occurred during a game that you feel like, well, we may not get this opportunity again to get down here. I understand it from that standpoint, but that wasn't the case with Tennessee. Uh, you you uh, you fought and scratched. Let's kick the extra point and, and, and take our chances in overtime because at that point they had the momentum in the football game. They 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 had their, the defense on its heels and reeling for a while. Who knows what happens if you get wind up winning the coin toss and you get the ball first? It it could be over quickly. But uh, that one I didn't understand either. How do you think the players feel about facing Osweiler? I mean, Jonathan, we asked him about it, but you know he wasn't biting or anything. He said, "Well, you know, we face whoever we face." But here you have Brock coming in, and you know clearly it didn't work out here with Brock. They did have some success. They won a playoff game with him as the starting quarterback. He was benched at one point. But your thoughts on playing Brock for this team from their perspective? Well, I think it means more to Brock than it does to the current Texans roster. You know, you've gone and now it's mm-hmm. been two years since his time here, but he hasn't forgotten it because that's kind of when the snowball started, uh, when the avalanche started in his career and bouncing around from team to team before making his way to uh, some, a familiar face in Miami, as I, was, I mentioned earlier. But uh, they know, and they've worked against him in practice. They know uh, his release and, and how to time things. They're, they're going to get a couple in this game Thursday night. There's no doubt in my mind just because of how he throws it and how long that release is, uh, they're going to certainly have an opportunity to get their hands on a couple on on, uh, on Thursday night. What do you have going on in college football this weekend? 
Well, it'll be an early morning flight uh, on Friday to uh, to Provo to Salt Lake City, and then a drive to Provo, Utah, where I'll see BYU take on Northern Illinois. I'm actually uh, quite excited to see that. I love going there for a couple of reasons. It's probably the most uh, scenic stadium that I've ever been in, where it's just beautiful mm. how it sits in the mountains and, yep. and things of that sort. And then I get some of the best barbecue that uh, may be on the face of the earth. In uh, Provo, Utah, believe it or not, really, a gentleman there at Bam Bam's Bam Bam's Barbecue in Provo. The guy is from Texas. He learned his trade. For, uh, he learned it here in Texas, and then took it and opened a spot in Provo, Utah. And I'm telling you, it is finger licking good. Okay, he's a Texan, and he's doing it somewhere else. That's fine. Not the other way around. You're not going to be somewhere else. Unless you're from you know, the south southeastern part of the country, and your barbecue is okay. But if you're from Texas doing it somewhere else, that's cool. And his name is Bam Bam. Pff, sign me up. All right, coming up next, we'll talk to our buddy Spencer Tillman. He had an awesome game on Saturday night out in Washington State. He got back on Sunday so he could see the Texans report all about it on Inside the Game on KTRK. Well, Spencer next right here in Texans All Access. Watson gets the snap, airs it out downfield, left side, and Nuke with a one-handed grab down the sideline. He's out of bounds in Jacksonville territory. That catch was absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it is our Choose Fun Moment of the Week brought to you by Carnival. Don't forget to enter for your chance to win a cruise every week if a Texan catches a touchdown. Yesterday, New Hopkins did that. Carnival, the official cruise line of the Houston Texans, Choose Fun. That catch was fun. It was outstanding. I don't even know the adjectives. It was just, it was ridiculous. But yet, do we expect it from DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, I, I got to think that we do. When we see him make a catch like that, we just go, <laughs> I mean, I just sort of chuckle and go, that's Hop. That's Hop. I mean, he's just, he's unreal. He's so much fun to watch. So much fun. Great throw, great protection. Got him loose just enough. And that's the thing. It's Jalen Ramsey. You don't get much room. They found it on the touchdown. They linked up for the touchdown. Three catches, all of them on Ramsey, all man coverage, drew a holding penalty, and the Texans won the game 20-7. to Good afternoon for DeAndre Hopkins and the Houston Texans. All right, let's get into our discussion with Spencer Tillman right here on Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter. Glad you are with me tonight. Spencer joined us to talk about what he saw from this team and we talked to him initially about Deshaun Watson going above and beyond, what Dre Howell has been going through, and what teammates mean to players as a second family. Your thought on resiliency here, being 0-3, Watson playing hurt, bunch of other guys playing hurt, Andre Howell doing what he's doing. I know guys play hurt in the NFL, but it is notable what the Texans are going through here, Spencer. These situations, guys, lead bibliography and footnotes, and I've heard everything you said about the inspiration that was provided by Andre's presence and what he went through, uh, it was just powerful. Again, you know, these score stories kind of cut through our capacity as athletes to repress the reality. You know, on the back of those helmets, you know, they've got those little stickers on there, and they've had them when I played. Um, using this helmet to butt spear ram can cause paralysis or death, and we know now more about CTE and other things like that. We know the inherent risk when we go in there, but in order to do this job, effectively you've got to repress all of that and um the reason why i bring that up is because you cannot repress the presence of a person who's going through cancer and who's now in remission whose father has passed away that is a living epistle uh, that's what that's what andre howe became he became the 67th 
book of the Bible for many people who are believers who understand what capacity a witness or testimony can be to inspire other people. That is one of the most powerful motivators for a team, for an individual, for an organization that you can have. Somebody who's living, smiling every day, working, going through. So the minute you turn to look sad at yourself and your situation, it's tough to do it. And so for me personally, I was moved in a manner that I only one other situation moved me like this in my personal life. And uh, by extension, uh, it did have the same effect on me. I lost my dad two months ago. And um, and Andre's situation was so germane to me, and it resonated. But to go through that, having information, you know, in the calendar year that you've got Hodgkin's lymphoma, that's a pretty powerful narrative for that locker room. So I'm moved by it. I probably could talk forever about that, but I won't. I know we've probably got limited time here. So, But I'm just moved, guys, by the whole situation. Well, Spencer, so sorry to hear about your father. And, and it also kind of leads to this point, too, about and we, we you know the NFL has a, a slogan that says football is family, but when you were playing, whether it was in college or in pros, did you feel like your teammates, the guys in the locker room, were another family or just an extension of the family that you already had? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think you do, and I think what allows that to happen is shared experiences, and not just any experience, and not even the ones where you sweat together. And all that stuff sounds really good. You sweat, you go to camp. That's part of what that process is about. But when you have those quiet moments where you can discuss the personal things that are going on in your life, your personal struggles, your fears. I remember just the other day talking to one of the trainers uh, at, a, at a game that I was doing, and he happened to know, know a guy named Gordon Batty, who was one of the trainers for the Oilers, and how I sat out in that parking lot and convinced him to leave Houston to go to Green Bay to take on a job which would have paid him twice as much as he was making. It was a whole narrative. I mean, that was a, a pivotal moment. But every time we see one another to this day, we both get emotional about it because I now realize how scared he was to make that decision at that time because he had never worked for anybody else but, but Adams and the orders. So when we get together and we talk about those moments, it's not just having spent time. It's having invested critical decisions and moments, inflection points that shape who we are. You can't get more deep than a father passing a diagnosis with cancer coinciding with an outcome against a pretty good defensive team when they don't have politics permeating their, their locker room. That was a very impressive performance yesterday, guys. It was one of the most uh, appropriate outcomes, I think, for the times, and that's kind of a little bit luck, but it's also by design as well because it's a powerful motivator. Spencer Tillman joining us. Spencer, the ability to run the football, they got 100 yards out of Lamar Miller. They ran it for 128, not including Watson's 13 yards, so – they did get some things done up front, and that's going to help them going forward. Miami not very good statistically against the run. So your thoughts on that development? Well, I think as, he, as Lamar Miller in particular goes back to his old team, uh, they'll be here, of course, but I think that's one area you have to focus on. I think that's part of what matchup football is about. I think the Texans did an excellent job of that approach against the Jaguars. Um, you know, look, if the elixir for a ailing quarterback is a great running game. And I think for that day, that's what we had. I think Mance did a fantastic job up front integrating the tight end into the blocking scheme on his touchdown was outstanding, even though he got a slip on the backside that opened up. Uh, you know, a, a, that play could have been shut down in the backfield. But the bottom line is you, you, you had some opportunities there to, to do some really cool things. And you did because of play design, want to, 
And I will say this. I don't call out players' name. I always critique performance, not players so much. But you can tell the Jaguars wanted no part of that power running game uh, in the goal line situation. And there was a safety in particular. Miles Jack was back there as well. But there was a safety in particular who this was not the line to gain that we're talking about here. This was the goal line who basically declined an opportunity to pop Lamar Miller in the chops. And he just let him waltz in. And then I, I was, when I saw it, I kind of shuddered a little bit. And I said, hey, man, you know, the film don't lie. So when you look at things like that, guys, um, it tells you, first of all, you had the right game plan uh, and clearly against the right individual. And it just made sense. Deshaun got out of there without any additional injury to that partially collapsed lung. It was just a great overall game plan and strategy. Defense did their job down the lake protecting the lead. It was a picture in how to win a, uh, on the road. A, were you surprised that Bortles got pulled when he did? And B, what do you think the Jaguars do now with their quarterback situation? Well, I, I think um, I was not surprised because I think what happens is there is some distance between coaches and players when they start to lose trust. And the only way you know they're losing trust is by what they do. We talk about core values being what you do, not what you say. When a person pulls you from a game, they've lost trust. It's not about getting a spark. It's about as crazy as that locker room is and, and, and um, uh, bizarre behavior certain people in mission-critical positions like cornerback display recently on that team. You're looking for solutions. You're not, you're not looking to tweak or shape anything. They've got structural problems with that whole organization. So there's nothing left to do but to make a radical shift. And I don't think – you know, what they did was the answer, uh, but that answer isn't on their roster right now. So uh, they've got bigger issues uh, relative to um, their overall organization. So that, that's a problem for them. What do you have in college football this week, Spencer? Well, you know, we can't beat what we've had the last two weeks, guys. We had, um, you know, Iowa State and West Virginia before. West Virginia got knocked off from that number six perch. And then this past weekend we had a, another fantastic outcome. It was just – I, I haven't had back-to-back weeks where we had – you know, crowds spill out into the field. It was <laughs> yeah. absolutely fascinating, guys. So this week we got Washington and Cal. Um, Washington trying to get back into things, and we'll head out to Berkeley and uh, have a little fun wow. there. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, that'll get weird out in Berkeley. Oh, there's no question it's getting weird. Cal-Washington, that should be a good football game. That'll be a really good football game. Washington State came the other night. Washington State was dominant. But, man, college game day went out there. Holy smokes. That was one of the best college game days I've ever seen. It was absolutely amazing to go see. That was really, really fun to see. A big thanks to Spencer, to Andre Ware, to, of course, Mark Vandermeer, to you guys uh, for listening. You guys are the absolute best. You mean so much to Bill O'Brien and Jadeveon Clowney, who joined me after the game. This team is 4-3. Four and three. Four weeks ago, you didn't think that was possible. Not a lot of people thought that was possible. We'd like to be 5-3 and three after Thursday night and get the little mini-buy before you go to Denver for the only game in 24 days before you start the last seven games of the year. They got an opportunity to do something really special, especially Thursday night, to get to 5-3, and three, which would be amazing considering where they started. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing you. Thank you again. We'll see you then, everybody. And as always, go Texans.